welcome to Pursuit Church Podcast, where we give those far from God the opportunity to pursue Christ. We are so glad you are here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe God has a word for you through today's message. Before you're seated, I want to read from the book of Revelation chapter 1, verses 9 and 10. Revelation chapter 1, starting with verse 9. I, John, who also am your brother and companion in tribulation and in the kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was in the isle that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. Today, I want to speak on the subject, I, John, was in the spirit. You may be seated, church. I, John, was in the spirit. Most of us are probably familiar uh, with the writer of the book of Revelation. His name is John. Uh, but he goes by several different titles. You've probably heard many of them. Uh, John the Revelator, John of Patmos, John the Divine, John the Evangelist, John the Beloved, and of course, John the Apostle. Most Christians agree that this John, the Apostle whom uh, Jesus loved, was indeed the same John who wrote the book of Revelation. Now, John has this very interesting story. He was one of the very first disciples who was called by Jesus. And when you read scripture, it appears that John had this very special relationship with Jesus. Uh, Jesus would often ask John to tag along when he wouldn't ask uh, the other apostles. He trusted John. He had this close relationship with him. He knew John to always be uh, faithful and a good servant. In fact, uh, before Jesus would face the cross, one of the very last things he would do is he would entrust one uh, special disciple to take care of his mother. And Jesus chose the apostle John. And so it seems that John had this special place in the heart of Jesus. He was close to Jesus, and John had lived this honorable life in serving the Lord. He wasn't a perfect apostle. There were times when Jesus had to call him out on some things and, and correct him, but he was a great friend of Jesus. He was trustworthy and faithful, a hard worker and a sacrificial giver of his time and effort. In fact, that's why sometimes he's known as John the Evangelist because he preached the same message that Jesus preached. He uh, won people to the Lord. John spent all of his time in ministry. His life became uh, the gospel. He wanted everyone to know about this Jesus. He was a good apostle. And so by the time we get to the very last book of the Bible, by the time we get to the book of Revelation, we are talking about the same John, but he's much older. He's at least 90 years old, probably about 92, 93. He has served the Lord for over 60 years by now. He walked with Jesus in the flesh, and now he walks with the Lord in spirit. He's an elder now. He's John the Elder. 
He is now a 92-year-old man of God who has faithfully served the Lord for over 60 years. But his story isn't over. He's in his 90s when the leader of Rome commands that he be boiled to death in hot oil for continuing to preach and testify about the gospel of Christ. Now, you've got to imagine what this must be like. This 92-year-old man probably aching in his bones, probably has trouble getting, you know, walking around, probably has a head full of gray hair. He's given his whole life, all of his time and energy to the things of Christ, and now he is facing this brutal death. And they arrest him, and they... They send him to be executed by throwing him in a large pot of boiling oil at 92 years old. But by an act of a true miracle, the boiling oil that they threw him into does not kill him. But God, the God whom he served for so many years, saves him. And John emerges unharmed by an act of a miracle. Uh, let me just say real quick here, church, it doesn't matter how old you are. If God's not done with you, if God's not done with your life, the devil simply cannot take you out. Uh, you may be the oldest person in the congregation. Uh, you may have a terrible medical diagnosis. Uh, the devil may have told you it's over. Your doctor may have told you it's over. But that's because they have not considered the possibility of a miracle. Uh, they haven't considered the possibility that the very hand of God is upon your life. Because if God is in it, nothing and nobody else gets a say. We know the devil may talk a lot of foolishness, but God will move in his faithfulness. And so, at 92 years old, John survives the boiling pot. But he is now immediately exiled for the rest of his life on an island called Patmos. Now, this is where things can get difficult because Patmos is not your average island resort. Patmos was not like going to Jamaica it wasn't like traveling to Costa Rica or Hawaii or some tropical vacation resort. Patmos was this 10-mile stretch of land where there were no trees, no shade of any sort. It was practically a big rock. It was stony, barren, hot, deserted, this small island where criminals were banished. The worst of society were sent to Patmos to suffer and live out the rest of their lives until they die. When you went to Patmos, you were going for a life sentence. Nobody was ever going to come and get you, and there was no way you were going to flee Patmos. You would probably starve to death, or somebody would come along and take your life. And here's this elderly man, John the Apostle who had just experienced this incredible miracle of the Lord. And now he's being thrown on this island of death to die. Now, normally people are on a spiritual high after a miracle. Well, my goodness, God must have something big in store for my life. There must be a reason why he saved me from that boiling pot. 
But here's John realizing that God saved his life for what looks like to just suffer on this criminal island called Patmos. Again, this is where things can get bad because after serving the Lord for over 60 years, walking with Jesus himself for a few of those years and being faithful in the things of God, John, the beloved, didn't deserve this. He was faithful. This wasn't supposed to happen to somebody like John. He didn't deserve it. And yet here he was in a hot place, in a hopeless place, 92 years old, where he should be uh, retired and living out the rest of his life in peace and quiet because he's given his whole life to the things of God. But that's not what's happening. Instead, he is suffering on this deserted island called Patmos. It wasn't fair. And so it would have been reasonable, John being human just like you and I, it, it would have been reasonable to get a little angry. It would have been acceptable to get an attitude. It would have been easy to get bitter. God, how can you allow this to happen to me? It's John, John the beloved. John, your apostle. I was your best friend. I, I was in your inner circle. I walked with you. I, I was faithful. I gave my life to you. It's John. Don't you remember me? See, I'm convinced that John did not immediately know why he was there. He didn't know what God's plan was yet. He didn't know that he would get a revelation. He didn't know that he was going to get this insight on things to come. He didn't know that his God was about to use him to write the closing book of the Bible. He hadn't seen the big picture. He, he hadn't yet known what God was going to do. All he knew was that he was arrested. He was thrown in a boiling pot of hot oil where he was supposed to die. God reached down and saved his life. But now he was being exiled to this criminal island called Patmos. Or now he's going to suffer and die. And besides the fact that he's only human, not able to fully understand the ways of God, the devil probably began to take advantage of the situation, saying something like, can you believe what your God has done to you? Can you believe it, John? Look what he's making you go through. Look at what your God's making your face. You don't deserve this. You shouldn't have to face this. You served God faithfully, and now look how he repays you. He doesn't care about you. He never cared about you, John. He's thrown you on this deserted island just to suffer and, and die. John, you might as well give up. You, you might as well quit. Your God has let you down. Your God has forgotten about you. It's the devil's game to speak lies, causing us to doubt when we can't make perfect sense of things. When we are a little uncertain or a little confused or a little sad or a little hurt or a little vulnerable or a little lost, that's when the enemy begins to speak. God has let you down. 
God doesn't care about you. Look, look at what he's making you go through. Look, look at all the pain he's making you face. You shouldn't have to go through all that. You, you shouldn't have to face all of that. You've been faithful. You, you've loved the Lord. You've served God. You shouldn't have to suffer like that. And so here's John shocked himself at the fact that God is having him spend his last years on earth on this criminal island all alone, suffering and starving. He doesn't understand why. In fact, the only answers that he's getting at the moment are from the enemy. That God never cared about him in the first place. That, that God gave up on you a long time ago. And once again, this is where things can get so dangerous. Because if we haven't yet received a word from the Lord... We're still waiting on a revelation and an understanding of what God is doing. And the only one speaking to us is the enemy. There is the natural tendency to believe the one who has given some sort of answer, even if it's the wrong answer. And this tends to happen because if you haven't noticed, the devil never hardly shuts his mouth. He's always talking all day long, all night long, and how easy it is to grow bitter and how easy it is to get resentful when you look around you and all you see is Patmos and all you see is your suffering and the enemy is filling your mind up all day long, all night long with thoughts like if God really loved you then why would he do this? If God really cared about you, why is he allowing this? If God was really faithful why are you suffering? But John was a little more wise than that. And he would not allow bitterness in his heart. And he would not let anger rise up in him, even though he did not understand. But the Bible says, I, John, was in the spirit on the Lord's day. In other words, he was saying, I may be on Patmos, and I may be facing something difficult, and I may be facing something unfair, and I may be facing something that I don't even deserve, and I may not know or understand why I am here, but that's not going to stop me from getting in the Spirit. That's not going to stop me from loving my Jesus. That's not going to create a wedge between me and my God. I'm not going to let that stop me from praying and worshiping my Jesus. No, maybe I don't deserve to be on Patmos. I don't deserve to face this suffering, but that's not going to stop me from getting in the Spirit. I don't think it is possible to even begin to number those who have become a casualty to bitterness and resentment, doubt and unbelief simply because they did not understand God's ways of doing things or they believed it to be unfair. When we face a Patmos, it can go one of two ways. It can drive us to the presence of God or it can push us away from the presence of God. 
Patmos will either cause us to desert God altogether or it will cause us to put our whole life in his hands. And John said, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put my life totally in his hands and trust that my God must know what he's doing and what he's doing must be good for me. And so I'm not bitter about being arrested. I'm not bitter about being thrown into that boiling hot oil. I'm not bitter about Patmos. I don't understand it. I sure don't like it. It's not comfortable. I wish it would be different. Uh, I've prayed so many times that God would change it, but nevertheless, uh, I'm going to get in the spirit uh, because God must have a plan. God must know what he's doing. John was saying, I may die here physically, but I will not die here spiritually. This may take me out physically, but this sure is not going to take me out spiritually because I'm going to stay in the presence of God. I'm going to find God somehow. I'm going to stay in the spirit. I, John, was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Today, maybe you're facing something you don't understand why. Maybe you've been stuck in a place and nothing has seemed to change or gotten better. No doubt the devil has been speaking to you, telling you, you know, you're right. You don't deserve this. You deserve better. This shouldn't be happening to someone like you. You shouldn't have to suffer. Or maybe he's telling you God's never going to come through. He's forgotten about you. He doesn't care about you. All the devil is trying to do, church, is plant a little bit of doubt and a little bit of re resentment and a little bit of bitterness in your heart so that it draws you away from God. Maybe it's not that you've been facing something, but that you've just been praying and praying and praying over something and it seems like nothing's happening. The devil will tell you simply it doesn't work. You've been praying for no reason. God's not going to answer you. It is the devil's way of trying to stop you from getting into the spirit of God. But listen, church, John said, I was in the spirit when all of this was happening. I was in the spirit when they threw me into that boiling pot of hot oil. I was in the spirit when they exiled me to the island of Patmos. I was in the spirit when I didn't understand what was happening. In other words, if John could get in the spirit of God on Patmos, you and I can find the spirit of God in our situation. We can find God. We can find the presence of God despite what we're going through, despite what we're facing. And hear me out. I understand that you may look all around you and say, you know, this really doesn't look like a place to be getting in the spirit. Everything around me is dead and dying. There's nothing good around me. I'm lost and it looks like I've been deserted. Oh, it's dark and I'm lonely. It's hot and I'm thirsty. And you're saying, Pastor, I've served God faithfully. I don't deserve this. I gave my life to God. I raised my family in the church. I did the best that I can. This shouldn't be happening to somebody like me. 
And maybe you're right. Maybe you don't deserve it. Maybe it's not fair. Maybe you really have been so faithful. But don't get bitter. Don't stay angry. Don't run away. Don't quit now. But get back into the Spirit of God. Get back into the Spirit of God. Because church, I believe God will soon give you an understanding and a revelation and a word on why you're facing what you're facing. The Bible says that John was put on Patmos because of his testimony and because of the word of God. In other words, he was put there because he was doing the right thing. He was doing what God had called him to do. It may be that you've really been doing the right thing. That God has called you to do something and you've done it. And yet here you are facing a Patmos. And the more you try to do right, the worse it seems to get. And, and the harder you try to fight, the worse it seems to get. And the more you try to drag yourself to the prayer room and pray, the harder it gets. And, and the more you read your Bible, the more difficult it gets. You're facing a Patmos. It's hard to navigate. It's difficult. It doesn't make sense. You've thought about giving up. You've questioned your own faith. You're tired of the day-to-day -day struggle. You're wondering when will it end, but I've come to tell you, hold on and just stay in the Spirit, church. Hold on and stay in the Spirit and keep praying and keep seeking Him and keep worshiping your God and keep moving forward because there's purpose for your Patmos. Patmos is a struggle. But staying in the Spirit is how we're going to make it through. Staying in the Spirit is how we are going to make it. John looked around him and where others may have said, this is just so unfair. And where others would begin to blame God and get bitter about the situation. John looked around him. You know, he didn't see anything good. Maybe a couple criminals on the horizon and, and no trees, no shade, no vegetation. Everything was dead and dying. He looked around him and nothing made sense. But he thought, you know, this is a good place to get in the spirit. This is a good place to go ahead and find my God. This is a good place to find Jesus. I'm being tested like I've never been tested before. I got to get in the spirit. Uh, I'm facing a real life struggle. This might be the death of me. I've got to get in the spirit. Uh, the devil's been trying to take me out, uh, but I might as well get in the spirit. No better place than your Patmos to get in the spirit of God. It's how we'll make it through. I made up my mind a long time ago that this truly was the best thing out there, church. That no matter what, I will not walk away. The pessimist may say, yeah, but you're, you're just a young man. You're just a young preacher, man. You haven't faced all of the Patmoses that we have. You haven't walked through some of the struggles and some of the valleys that others have. You haven't battled some of the things we have. Just wait until you face something harder and more trying on your faith. 
And while that may be true that I have not walked in the valleys you've walked through and upon the paths that you've walked, it does not negate the fact that a made-up mind is all that it takes to not walk away. A made-up mind that no matter how low I go, I'm going to stay in the Spirit. No matter how tough it gets, I'm going to stay in the Spirit. No matter how many people walk away and betray me, I'm going to stay in the Spirit. No matter how bad my Patmos gets, no matter how much this just doesn't make sense, I'm going to stay in the Spirit. My mind is made up. I'm not leaving His presence. Why, church? Because He's the source of my joy. He's the source of my strength. He's the source of my peace. He's the source of my hope. And so I don't understand everything. There are things that aren't easy. There are things that aren't fair. And there are many things that just don't make sense. But my mind is made up. I, John, am going to stay in the spirit. I, Pastor Daniel, am going to stay in the spirit. Let's all stand this morning, church. Today I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, things I'm facing right now, nor things to come, things that might happen in the future, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Today I am persuaded that God is for me and that he knows what's best. Today I am persuaded that we cannot go wrong in 2023 by simply trusting in the Lord. Today, I am persuaded that if all that we have is Jesus, then we have all that we need. Let me encourage you to stay in the Spirit, church. No matter what you're facing, stay in the Spirit. Stay persuaded that God is enough and you don't understand everything, but He must know what He's doing. Because of what they're going through, some will feel betrayed and they'll pack up their bags they'll quit they may curse God they may go home because of their patness but I am persuaded that all that I need to do is to get back in the spirit I'm persuaded that all that I need to do is find Jesus because in his presence church is the fullness of joy in his presence is where I have have a revelation and understanding in his presence is where wounds are healed in his presence is where he'll encourage me and pick me back up and dust my shoulders off and say get back up and go in his presence is where I'll find strength and hope and peace and joy it's in his presence thank you for joining us today be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. For more information about Pursuit, visit PursuitChurchAR.com.
Thank you for listening and see you next week.